This podcast is brought to you by jewishpodcasts.org. Start your very own podcast today at jewishpodcasts.org. A good night of Shabbos. Hope everyone is well. We read this week's parasha, the beginning of the parasha, the Torah tells us some of the most beautiful and desirable brachas we can ask for on this world. The Torah tells us that if you will keep the mitzvahs and you'll do what you're supposed to do, you will have bracha, you'll have abundance of parnasa, you'll have an abundance of children, you'll have wealth, you'll have all that you need to live in this physical world. The Torah goes on to describe there'll be no ailments, no sicknesses. Can you imagine such a world where all our financial needs are taken care of? We don't have to stress about money. We don't have to be worried about our financial situation. And there'll be an abundance of brachas on children. No infertility issues. No problems raising the children. A perfect, perfect world. No sickness, no ailments, no need for so many of the organizations that Kala Yisrael has today to deal with various medical issues. None of them. Hashem will have this perfect, utopic world. But what do we have to do? What's our end of the deal? So the Pasuk tells us, If you will keep the Ekev. And Rashi quotes from Chazal. says, Rashi, the Torah is not just referring to keep the Torah mitzvahs. It's more detailed. It's more specific. The Torah demands of us to keep those mitzvahs that are dosh ba'akovav, that a person steps on with his heel, with his ankle. He steps on them. And Rishonim, maybe even Chazal give a term called what's called mitzvah kala, the easy mitzvahs. There are many different interpretations in the Mepharshim of which mitzvah makes it into the category of an easy mitzvah. What does it mean to be an easy mitzvah? But I'd like to share with you a thought that I heard from Rabbi Asher Weiss where he wanted to suggest an easy mitzvah is perhaps those mitzvahs that we do so often. It's an amazing thing. If you look at the way we raise our children, we raise our children from the youngest age to make brachas. We raise our children when they're very little. We tell them, make a bracha. And we work with them on the bracha. But what ends up happening is as they grow up, and we're all guilty, and myself included, that we start to, we make brachas so frequently, they're done so often, after a while it loses the same excitement. And we're lucky if we realize we made a bracha. And we're even more lucky if we understood what we said, instead of mumbling some words before we take and enjoy whatever we're eating. So he, want, he wants to explain to Rabbi Shavai, that the mitzvah's kalal that we're referring to in this week's parasha are the mitzvah like berchas anenin, the brachas that we make on food. So often we don't stop and think and focus that we're making a bracha. And the Gemara tells us in brachas that if a person doesn't make a bracha, he's a stealing. It's theft. When I speak to high school girls, I often like to tell them, would you ever in a million years walk into a grocery store and not pay? Just take it and put it in your bag and run away? No. The Gemara says, if we don't make a bracha, we're stealing. It's robbery. But because we're so used to making brachas and we don't even think about it, we do it so quickly, sometimes a lot gets lost in the quickness of reciting the brachas. Because we were raised so young to make brachas, eventually we get, I don't like to use this word, but perhaps a custom, second nature, or almost not excited about the brachas. The mitzvahs that come infrequently, Rarely, yearly, or perhaps even more, we're so excited about. But the things that we do every single day, after a while, they just lose that excitement. And they're literally dosh ba'kovav. We step on them with our heel. 
If we stop and think about how many brachas we make a day properly versus how many brachas we don't make properly, it's an extremely scary thought. And therefore the Torah is reminding us that to get all those brachas that we mentioned earlier, we need to go beyond what we're used to. We need to focus on those mitzvahs that we step on, not on purpose, but because we're so used to them, we're so accustomed to them. They're so second nature to us, we often don't treat them properly. And I think it's a great starting point, the bracha rishayna that we make before we eat is a great time to stop and to focus what the words mean, what you're saying, or even less than that perhaps, just the realization if I don't make a bracha before, I am a thief, I'm a robber. I'm no different than what goes on in, in some cities today in this country where people just walk in and rip things off the shelves. I'm a robber, I'm a thief. Hashem said, you can have my food, no problem, take it. Just all I ask of you is you recite a blessing before. But I think there's another dual relationship over here. The Torah tells us, in this week's parasha, we read the second parasha of Shema. And in the second parasha of Shema, it says, Ulimadetem oisem es we should teach our children to speak these words. And the Gemara tells us, Rashi quotes it. This is the idea that a parent is supposed to teach their child to learn Torah. When a child gets of age, you teach them to learn Torah. But perhaps we can explain the Pasuk a little different. The Pasuk is saying, You should teach them how to speak. Teach them how to make a bracha. The young children learn from us. They watch us and they see us. And that becomes second nature. As an adult, every adult, not only a parent, but children look up to adults. Whether you're a grandparent, you're an uncle, you're an aunt, you're a neighbor, you're a teacher, you're, you're by definition a role model. And when you make a bracha, they're looking, they're going to see how do you make the bracha. So it's a major responsibility on all of us to ensure that we're making our brachas, not just for ourselves. Because of course we can't violate the Torah and steal. But because they're watching us, everyone's watching us. But it's an interesting thing, we find it goes the other way as well. At least here in Queens, I'm sure other communities have it also, that throughout the year they have a program, fascinating program, an unbelievable program, where they give out these um, papers to the children in elementary school, and they get to make a check for every, they have to make a certain amount of brachas out loud every single day. I forgot if it's five or six a day, and this goes on for weeks. And at the end of each week, if they make the right amount of brachas out loud and clearly, they get a prize, and they get... Many different foods from here, the local eateries, a slice of pizza, a cookie from all the different stores here in the neighborhood. It's a beautiful program. Because not only does it make, it helps the children, but it helps the adults. It helps everyone in the house learn and to see how to make brachas. It's just, it's like a reminder. Everyone has to stop every once in a while and say, you know, we got to start re-evaluating re how we make our brachas. But in my house, something unique happened. They only have it for, for school-age children, I guess, first grade and, and older. This past year, my daughter, my younger daughter, was not in first grade. She was still in kindergarten. And she really wasn't, you know, technically eligible for it. But my wife was able to get her a paper, and she filled it out, and she did it. And she made her brachas, and she liked the big kids. But I'll tell you one thing. She's still making her brachas out loud, even today, and the program is already months over. It instilled in her, and I learned from her, and we learned from her, and we're amazed by her. Because adults can learn from children just like children learn from adults. She doesn't necessarily understand every word she's making, but she makes her brachas slowly, carefully. It's beautiful. Because that's, the, that, that's what happens. We can all learn from each other. Children learn from the adults. Adults learn from the children. And everyone around is benefited. When you watch a person make a bracha properly, it's something to watch. You see 
there was a major push in Klai Yisrael that people should be more careful when they make their Ashayotzar, which is a very fascinating, a beautiful idea to appreciate how the human body runs, how much goes on in our human body, and if anything is t- thrown off even a, a, a bit, it can really have um, unbelievable effects. But we need to, every once in a while, now as we're getting closer to the month of Elul, we're looking for ways to do tshuva. We're looking for avenues to come close to Kodesh Baruch. I think this is a great, a great opportunity. Because the Gemara tells us, in this week's parasha, Ma Hashem Hashem. the Gemara tells us this is the source for making a hundred brachas a day. And Chazal tell us, the Torah brings it down that during the times of David HaMelech, there was a terrible plague and people were dying. And David believed that the reason for this was because we need to be making a hundred brachas a day. And many people, when Corona was at its height, were very into this. And it's a beautiful thing. But it should only be when Corona is at its height. And sadly, Corona perhaps has even slightly returned. A hundred brachas a day means throughout the day I'm mocking and I'm recognizing my relationship with HaKadosh Baruch the Chazanish said when a person makes his brachas carefully and slowly, he gets a closer relationship with HaKadosh Baruch it, it makes your relationship that much more intimate, that much more real, that, that much more connected. So when we read this week's parasha, the Torah is telling us, the Torah is giving us a beautiful, beautiful set of brachas. For this world, not for the next world. These brachas are to enjoy in this world, but all we need to do is we got to find mitzvahs that we're very, I don't like to use the word lax, but we're very comfortable with to the point that they're not valued anymore. And they're mumbled and they're quick and they're on the go. And we got to take a step back and say, no, I'm going to improve this area. And that's how we build a meaningful relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. And that perhaps is one of the greatest things we could bring to the month of Elul as it's quickly approaching. And we're looking for ways to build a relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu in a meaningful way. Especially as we approach the Din, is taking stock, stopping, focusing. Again, the brachas aren't very long just to stop and to realize what we're saying. Mr. Shem of HaKadosh Baruch Hu sees we're trying. We want to get close to Him. We want to fix these mitzvahs that people trample on with the hill. And Mr. Shem, He will then help us. And he will give us the beautiful brachas that are found in this week's parish. A perfect world. A utopic world where there's no diseases, there's no ailments, there's no sickness, there's no COVID, there's no nothing. We don't have to stress and worry about parnas, we don't have to worry about everything. Because Baruch will give us abundance of brachas because we showed him. We want to get closer to him. We want to rebuild an intimate, detailed, specific relationship with him. And in Hashem, we should be zeichet to see that in our days. We should all have the brachas that the Torah describes in this expression. Beautiful, beautiful brachas for ourselves, for our family, and for all of Klai Yisrael.